Hi, everybody. It's your friends at Serially Obsessed back with another episode. This time, it's two of us again. Daisy is not visiting the Aurora Borealis. She is <laughs> having a different kind of twilight um, in a dentist's chair. Right? Yeah, that's true. That is true. So it's just Layla and Dipti. Yeah, it's today. just me and Dip this time around. Guys, we're talking about cereal like we do every time we go inside your ear holes. But I got to start off with some disclaimers. The Serially Obsessed podcast is not produced, affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Serial Podcast. Additionally, the views, comments, and opinions expressed on the Serially Obsessed podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of the producers of Serial because we have our own views and opinions of Serial. <laughs> And we have our own views and opinions of this very episode, Thorny Politics, Dip, Initial Thoughts. Initial Thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I want to start right off from the top. My first thought of the episode was she initially talked about Donald Trump, our favorite man in America to talk about on the news. He's going to make podcasts great again. (laughs) Hope so. Yeah. Let's... Looks like he might be our prez, guys. Oh, my God. God Ugh. forbid. Ah. Uh. Ugh. Yeah. Sorry. Vote for whoever you want. Yeah. Vote well, for anyways. whomever. <laughs> I live in the Bay Area, so you can guess who I might be voting for. Just based on um, geographic location. Yeah. Don't think it's Trump. Um, I. But here's here's what I thought initially. She said Trump has recently been talking about blah 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 and i thought that she was talking about literally within the past let's say four weeks like meaning the month of march but then she used tape that she used in the that's in the intro song to the season premiere where he's where donald trump says you know what oh, we right. did to people like that we shot them you know right? the deserters yeah. yeah and and i wondered did she record that a long time ago? Or is Donald Trump literally talking about deserters in the past month and I just missed it? Like, is he really talking about Bo Bergdahl? This is such a minute point, but it just made me think, when was this part of this episode written? Because to me, Sarah Koenig uh, did not have the season written out. Kind of like the way she slightly had more, seemed like she had more of a plan for season one. Like she definitely took things as they came. Uh-huh. And this season, you know, she went from weekly to biweekly and then twice in one week. Right. And obviously, new things are firing at her, right? Yeah. So- I, I have to agree with you because I feel like at the end of this episode, I know we're jumping from like the top to the bottom, but this kind of circles around to what you were saying is that. I feel like in this episode, Sarah finally finds her story, quote unquote, like the yeah. the thing to really kind of tie all the ends together. Because this season has been so many like dangling chads, if we're going to yeah. do this politics thing. It's just been like so many dangling like threads of like, where is this going? Like, does she want us? Like, what is this about? Is Bo a weirdo? Is it that like this war is tricky and like why did we get into this in the first place and like Layla do you know what I just realized I I feel what did you just realize like we're in an episode of lost and are all our questions gonna be answered there's all these dangling threads everywhere and Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse could not answer all of them and they had to pick and choose I was a lost nerd Listen, um, if we are going to go with the lost analogy, and I'm going to say that I definitely believe that if you believe that this season of Serial is lost-like, um, then yeah, maybe so. I feel like up until this point, it's been a lot about the war and about like how odd, how much of an odd bird Bo Bergdahl is, but I really feel like in the end this season is probably about like the fact that it's it's only a big deal because politics made this situation a big deal 
Sort of like in the way where in Lost, it's like, oh, no, it's not about purgatory. And then in the end, it's like, no, it's fucking about purgatory. You guys called it on episode three of this show. And then seven years later, it's like, oh, that's right. They're all Spoiler dead. Alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert if you haven't watched Lost. Um, which I think is really interesting because the sad part about this particular episode to me is that all of this happens like a shitty episode of Veep. It's like, oh, okay, great. Like, we finally got this guy out. Um, we're going to do something cheap and cheerful. And then all of a sudden, it snowballs into this grandiose event at the Rose Garden. That was with- like, um, turned out to be a mess because Mike McClintock used wrong language that he <laughs> didn't intend to use. Right. You yeah. Know? Um. Well, not Mike McClintock, right? If it's you, like it's Susan Rice. Wasn't that his name? It. Well, but it was Susan Rice. I need yeah. to stop talking in TV terms and yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. We have to like talk about it in terms of <laughs> Sorry, the actual people. episode of Serial. Um. Right. So Susan Rice makes a and to what in my opinion is a very simple error. Um, yes. She says that he served with honor and distinction. In my eyes, it's like oh, it's very clear that what she's talking about is the general honor and distinction in which our military men and women serve just in the very process of signing up and getting out there, right? Like that in and of itself at the very base level is the honor and distinction. But of course, everyone was like, what? Honor and distinction? This dude like walked off, like fuck that guy, which is also a very valid opinion to have. But it's like, oh, Susan Rice, whoops a daisy. Like, I know you didn't mean it that way. But your words got like twisted in this other thing because people were already making it very political and like bringing Obama into it and being like, thanks, Obama. You, this is another thing you messed right. up. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And it's like and it's sad because it's just it makes me think about all of these all of these like what would have been little like sweep it under the rug moments that end Mm -hmm. up becoming these like big out of proportion, like, you know, on Wolf Blitzer and uh, Rachel Maddow, like on all of these like news shows about like just. It just snowballed into something super huge. Yeah. And it shows the power of the media. Right. They want to pick up. And, and also, I mean, obviously it, and it's, the politicizing of things, just like how yeah. it's oh, they so enraged convenient. the soldiers. They enraged the soldiers. It seems maybe by telling them, "Did you hear this? They said that a potential deserter was honorable and all right. of that." So that might have enraged the soldiers more, which is fair that it did. But the, you know, when you're having all these news outlets tell you that someone who you think people died for. And or got um, injured for is being honored by President Obama in the Rose Garden. Of course, you're going to get angry. But it's just another one of those things that wasn't supposed to be a big deal. And it was a small misstep that became a huge thing. And it's kind of par for the course for every single thing that's happened. Yeah. With Bo. Right. I feel like in general, just the idea of working in Washington is just like every little move you make is going to be scrutinized. Every single little thing will be like, why did they why did she say those words and not these things? And just God, I can only imagine the stress that a Washington like speechwriter or like media consultant must go through on a daily basis of just like picking out the exact right word that won't get you know a butcher to shred misconstrued and like all this stuff like that's why I thought it was really surprising when Sarah was like at one point she's speaking to one of the guys who was uh working in the in the White House at the time. And she's like, were you literally sleeping under your desk? And he's like, yeah, I think it might have been like the fourth day. And it just it gave me a little bit of like a giggle because I'm like, Sarah, you're putting together this crazy ass show. Like, I'm sure that your staff also probably 
sleeps in the office or like they're pulling in like these crazy hours, just like Washington people do. So I just thought it was funny that she was surprised by that. Yeah, because especially since it's clear that they're making these episodes for of serial season two kind of like up to the minute. Um, because they keep getting new information or right. whatever the case, and they're trying to make the best and they can. And that doesn't nece- that they're doesn't even count. Oh, for sure. And that doesn't even count all the stuff that they're probably doing behind the scenes, which is to say yeah. they're probably pre-prepping for season three. Um, yeah. They're probably still on the radar with whatever's going on with Adnan's case um, yeah. as it continues to unfold. Um, so, yeah, just like you're basically working on like, essentially like three different shows at the same time and it's wildly popular so you're probably also sleeping underneath your desks yeah so that she's so surprised is kind of bizarre but kind of cute i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah no i thought it was one of those like cute sarah moments where it's like oh come on sarah like you need like what do you mean you you're really surprised that this guy sleeps underneath his desk sometimes when it gets really crazy i mean they're you know fighting a war that bobardal just got let out and like the myriad of other things that are going on in washington like yeah dude probably sleeps under his desk a couple times Um, you know what that kind of highlights to me though is how um sarah i'm going to guess is a very busy person who's under a lot of stress and has a lot of pressure and put on by by herself and everybody who listens to her show and you know obviously a lot of people the fact that she like is even surprised by that shows kind of what a uh how involved in a great way she is like she's still able to be human and think that me the listener actually was curious like is he really sleeping under his desk right that, that she's still in touch with that even though she's in this crazy yeah that's world. true right that there's still a sense of awe and wonder despite the fact yeah. that she's probably seen a lot of shit right right yeah and i think that's it's it's so refreshing because when she does those asides like that i like her more and more not that i di- ever disliked her but i like her more and more because i'm like oh you're just like me i was kind of wondering that too or maybe i wasn't yeah. wondering that but now that you bring that up yeah, is that really true? It just makes her... It's one of those very human moments that um, I... I don't know. It's nice. Yeah, you enjoy it. It's like an enjoyable moment. Yeah, it's enjoyable. So, um, yeah, starting out the episode, the reason why I brought up the Trump stuff is just it made me wonder when when she wrote certain parts of this episode. Because the end of the episode that you had brought up goes to how how Bo was right after he got released and um, was in Germany. And it dives into the question of, is Washington trying to cover something up because people died and were injured because of Bo? Or did that even really happen? And that's stuff that she's been asking since episode one. So is it this kind of like a full circle back from episode one that, she was just been kind of holding on to for a while while right. she got a bunch of other information. It's not essential to the Bo Bergdahl story, but I'm just curious about it from what her storytelling perspective is on this episode because I'm kind of confused about her storytelling method in general this season. It's it's different. So it's just something that I thought about. And a lot of these things, she returned to points that were made before. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm I'm wondering if this is an episode that she just kind of kept holding off on because she kept getting more info that she felt needed to be told. And then she finally got back around to this. I don't know. What right. Do Which is interesting because I feel like in the end... I've my opinion on on this episode was like this is the episode where she finally found that nugget of like okay this this might be a question that is actually solvable like how many people yeah. died trying to rescue Bo so I feel like for me the thing that's interesting about this episode is that in the very end she's like okay here's a thing that I can at least try and attempt to solve 
to find an answer to at least this because everything else there's no like tangible answer you know should we have gotten into the into a war with afghanistan should right should should have bow been accepted into the army and having known what they knew about his past in the uh uh-huh. in the coast guard all of these questions are they're kind of unanswerable like you can kind of circle around the wagons over and over and over again but never have a really great conversation come, about and it. have a yeah. great conversation about it, but never really come to a hard and fast answer. And, yeah. um, so it is kind of interesting that, you know, I mean, what is this like episode nine? And then and she's finally ten. like, oh, right. Episode 10. Gosh, how long has the season been? <laughs> <I know. laughs> we can't um, even get it straight. This is the longest season, the ever. longest, most craziest season. Um. <laughs> Yeah, where she's finally like, okay, here's like, here's something that, I mean, she even says it, right? She's like, oh, right, we're journalists. We can find out if anyone has died, you know, trying right. to rescue Bo. Um, and I and I wonder if she'll be successful in doing that. I feel like it's, that's got to be, that's got to be very hard to quantify, especially if nobody wants to talk about that, if nobody, if everyone, if, I'm, and I'm just saying like, even in the sense that like, they kept the whole like let's rescue Bo thing from Congress because they knew Congress wasn't going to be like yeah let's trade like the big Taliban five for this like you know potential deserter right potential deserter but also like a nobody soldier like right and this is not to diminish Bo but I'm just saying in the hierarchy of things here are like these big five Taliban guys and here's just like a you know a soldier from Idaho that's like getting traded for these yeah uh you know i don't know big wigs i guess yeah um and so that to me is interesting i think um i think sk's chat with carol rosenberg was also really interesting um the fact that the one the fact that this woman carol rosenberg is like the uh like the linchpin for all information regarding Gitmo to me is like kind of delightful. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think it's just because Carol's voice seemed so. She kind of reminded me of um, Deidre from the Innocence Project a little bit. Oh, really? Uh-huh. She did a little bit in the sense that she's just like this woman who has like all this information about everything. And yet she's sort of like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just know about Gitmo because I, I just have access to all that information. Yeah, her uh, her demeanor did not match her level of importance in my mind. Not demeanor, but just tone of voice. I guess I expected someone with a different voice. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's why she kind of reminded me of because when we first met Deidre, she's like, Sarah, I got the DNA results. You know, she's like, (laughs) and it's not to say that Carol was like sing songy and sweet, but I think Carol was just like, she just she just sounded like she just sounded like someone who would give you a really nice welcome basket when you moved into the neighborhood and not someone who like is the like the know-it-all of every of the goings-on of like Guantanamo Bay like I don't know yeah and and what that woman is supposed to sound like I'm not entirely sure but it just <laughs> I was just surprised I was just really surprised um but even then Carol kind of way. goes on to say that like you know that she thought it was really weird that those those five guys weren't um weren't reviewed you know that once they were uh, put in uh, to Gitmo, a lot of these guys end up getting reviewed. And so to determine, I guess, their level of danger um, and those guys just weren't. And for them to then be released, like it just seemed like there was a lot of like sneaky, you know, backdoor dealings uh, just to kind of get this bow thing done. Which we know that there were. Um, right. But, uh Right. Uh, but I guess, you know, Nathan, not his real name, Nathan, did put it in, into perspective for me. Although, like, he was, if I recall correctly, a very big proponent of getting Bo back. Like, he kind of, he felt this burden on himself, even if it was jeopardizing his job. 
which is why he goes by not his real name, Nathan. Right. But the fact that he thought this, like, But no voice distortion. I don't understand these people. No voice distortion. How many people are in your office? They're going to be like, dude, Jake is talking to Sarah Koenig. (laughs) It's like, I'm pretty certain it's him. It sounds like him. Anyway, that's my, I just, I don't understand that. Because if I'm. I would be gossiping all over the office Well, because the thing is also, I mean, I always just go back to it. It's like, this is the military. Like, this isn't. Or this is the like the military and also like a government thing. Like I feel like there yeah. are ways that people can find out who you are by what you sound like in in that sphere of knowledge, right? Yeah. Like where everything CIA is classified guys or and... Yeah, like secret agent guys. Like there's just they've got the intel to figure out like right. who is that person's voice, who is squealing. So much so right. that like yeah, just by him being like, Well, Nathan's not my real name. So uh, I feel safe now (laughs) and protected to tell you all of these things. You work for a government where we spy on everybody, whether or not that's constitutional or not is another question. But uh, I mean, seriously, just changing your name on a very popular podcast. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they know better than I do. I'm just a I'm just a lowly lowly uh pop loving lowly pop loving gal producer lady from oakland like what the hell do i know i don't i know a lot about a few things you know rabbit lover it's about it another thing that uh i thought a lot about was washington post article where they essentially revealed that this trade was going to happen right and and that's essentially how congress ends up finding out that they've been like you know, that they've been, been uh, duped. bypassed, right? They've bypassed. been duped. Yeah, right. that's, my, yeah. that's my understanding of it, at least, that that's how a lot of people, like Congress, found out. And to me, it, um, it, it reminded me of how scared of the media every politician is or every Washington insider is. Mm-hmm. You, you can be so powerful and so strong, but if, if something goes viral, you know, when I say viral, I mean it's just becomes a big deal, just like Susan Rice's comments became such a big deal because media outlets chose to freak out over it. Um, just reminded me of how powerful the press is. Right. Yeah. I. It's interesting because it, that was a piece of this episode that I almost forgot about was that little the Washington Post reveal. And mm-hmm. I just remember when I was listening to it, I was like, God, that's got to be so mortifying right like you're congress you feel like oh i'm definitely in the know like i know my man doesn't cheat on me and then you like turn on the tv and you're like oh my god what is my husband doing on this commercial for match.com right Um, (laughs) and it's just like all of a sudden like it's just like oh my god i've been duped the whole time but then i thought it was interesting because i feel like i remember a portion of this episode kind of saying that it almost didn't even matter that Congress didn't know because it's not like Congress would have been able to have a say much anyway. Right, because they're just supposed to be notified. They're just supposed to be notified. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of... It's so funny because I felt so bad for Congress. I was just like, oh, Congress. (laughs) It's like... Really? You don't really have... You felt bad for Congress? I just felt bad. I mean, I was just... Because I was just, I don't know, I like personified it too much. And I was like, oh, that's like, it's sad. Like you wouldn't have had a say anyway, but you just wanted to be in the know and they didn't let you know. Oh, yeah. Poor, powerful Congress. It's just because I personified <laughs> Congress in that moment, like a like a sad little kid who like wouldn't yeah. have gotten invited to the party anyway. And was just like, but right. I still wanted to know that you were having a birthday. You know, right. Like right. You should have still invited. You should me. have at least just told me it was your birthday. <laughs> I was like, oh, Congress. You know, I understand a little bit. I think why um, them not getting a notification was hurtful in a in a way because. Yeah. I don't know what their power would have been in that. Someone would have to look into that. I'm sure there could have possibly some had some repercussions where they could stop the president from doing that if there was enough, if the right person went to the president, if they were pressured by Congress to try to stop it. 
But it's more like all these people hobnob with one another. Congress with um, people in at the Washington Post and people at the DOD or like in right. The it's State like we Department. we watch House of Cards. We know how this right. thing goes down. <laughs> we know how everything works. But but you <laughs> know we so watch we Netflix. <laughs> Basically, just watch TV. That's all we do. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But but it it makes sense that even you know even if someone's in a completely different department than you are, a different profession inside of Washington that you are, you trust certain people, and this violated a lot of people's trust. I think, which is just signifies on a personal level. It, like it's it's bigger than Bo in that instance on an individual right. level because a lot of people felt betrayed, lied to, duped. Um, why am I not being kept in the loop? This obviously must be a bigger deal if they didn't think that we would let it pass. So like, why are we letting it pass? It almost made it worse. So I, I get that the fact that they they weren't notified and all of a sudden they read this Washington Post article was right crazy town which almost seems like an episode of veep again to like bring the again, veep yeah. thing back no into it, it does you know where you're just like right and like at the very end of the episode one of the guys from congress like opens up uh, or like you know opens up their laptop and sees that article from the washington post and is just like what what uh, what yeah. they did it again they did it again <laughs> you know I um, really hope a lot of our listeners watch Veep because it is hysterical. I'm sure you watched it. a few episodes of Veep. Um, um, what else did you think of this episode? I, You know what? I want to talk about the end of the episode. That was very interesting to me, and I kind of wish it were several minutes longer. So when they're talking about... Um, his reintegration, which is what happens after what happened. Oh, after I want that was... to be an entire separate okay. episode. Yeah, that could be an entire separate episode. I mean, actually, to me, to me that's too. more interesting. And uh, you know what? A part of me wonders, like, if that episode could even be uh, just because of, like, uh, doctor-patient confidentiality. But I am just so intrigued by the concept of what this reintegration technique right. must be like um that i almost so wondered we like well could you just talk to some like psychologist who has done uh you know reintegration stuff on previous prisoners of war and like what does that process entail like right that because- would have been interesting i think what you were trying to say earlier with dr patient confidentiality is no they couldn't tell us exactly as it related to Bo because to they Bo, can't violate right. his but yes. I and I think you would still be interested in listening to a large segment in an episode or an entire episode on the process in general. Because uh, right, like what is the process? Yeah, absolutely. Like what is the process that happens when a prisoner of war is rescued and then reintegrated into society? Um, and honestly, that would have been a lot better of an episode than like the two-parter episode where I find out that yeah. Bo smokes a pipe. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> right. Like, I didn't need two episodes on that. I would have yeah. liked a special annex episode about reintegration techniques. And, and you know, I think even know. though we wouldn't be able to hear about exactly, um, exactly Bo's circumstances and exactly what happened to him i think it would shed light on the story in general because the lead into this portion of this episode was was um chuck hagel or no who was it um people were asking people in the government i can't remember who oh right because they were asking like why isn't where is he why isn't he back yet why like what are you doing with him why is he hiding in germany Right. People were suspecting that we were maybe hiding because we knew that something was amok or maybe people died for him or there are these unanswered questions. So the fact that they went into a little bit of detail in this episode telling us, no, seriously, it's a big deal. This is what happens in reintegration. Like, where is he? This is why he had to be here. I mean, and the thing is, like, the episode. I think it's important to the narrative. Yeah. I think um, the other thing to me that's interesting about uh the whole like 
and the, and the reason why I would have loved to have some sort of like, what is this reintegration thing like? Um, not specifically as it pertains to Bo for obvious reasons, but even just because it seemed as if the um, like the German doctors and like all of the physicians and stuff that were surrounding Bo at the time were just like, uh, we're just like, oh, give me, I, I need to meet, I need to meet Bo, like the, the feral boy who was found in the woods of Afghanistan. Like, yeah, to yeah. me, it kind of became like this whole moment where like Bo is Nell, if you've ever seen that movie, um, where it's like, oh, he's been captured for, I don't, I can't even remember how many years it was, eight, nine. Um, yeah. So for me, the thing that was interesting, um, was also just the fact that like the doctors were like, uh, you know, kind of making a spectacle out of Bo's return. Uh, it, you know, in the episode, it kind of made it seem like they were all sort of uh, queuing up to see like the boy wonder who was, you know, miraculously saved from the mountains of Afghanistan. Yeah. Um, and to me, it was just kind of like, I don't know, it was just really interesting because it's like, did he come back like Nell? Like what happened? Was he, did we... Did he need to be like retaught how to speak in full sentences because he just hadn't been speaking to anybody for eight to nine years? Um, I don't know. Just that whole process of what happens when you're brought back into society after you've been literally like like caged for years. Um you know, like just a toothbrush to your name. Like I would be interested in that for sure. And I think it would have, I think it would have once again, sort of, um, I don't know, humanized Bo a bit because I think, I think the one thing that Serial does, uh, I think unintentionally throughout the series is that it doesn't really, it doesn't really give me a lot of sympathy for Bo. Like, there's parts of it where I do because I'm like, oh, that sucks. Like, this isn't what he entirely what he wanted. Like, the guy went AWOL and then this whole thing got really politicized. And unfortunately, he was kind of the poster child for it. But there's like, there's just not enough. I feel like there's just not enough for me to like really feel bad for him. And I feel like, I feel like Sarah kind of wants us to feel a little bit like, uh let's all this isn't really all his fault and he's mm-hmm. you know and I and I really feel like if we went into a little bit of what reintegration is like not for Bo but just in general for any prisoner yeah. of war um I think that would be as effective as it was in the beginning of the season when you're hearing like all the torture stuff that Bo uh yeah. faced um cuz I think at least for me anyway, because like in the beginning, you're told all this stuff about how he suffered uh, being captured. And then you go into this whole like he was a weirdo and like a crazy guy that like it for me anyway, sort of like negated a lot of the sympathy that I had for him. And I think that revisiting something like the reintegration, at least deeper, um, I think would have would have brought me back to that whole like oh shit yeah I feel bad for Bo like I have sympathy towards him I don't know that's my opinion yeah I think that this season can use more psychology in general we've gotten to the psychology of what Bo was like but is that really psychology it were just anecdotes of what he was like it's not so much we we heard a little bit about psychology but I want to hear more and again it doesn't have to be about Bo but I just want to hear an entire episode about the psychology of POWs who return that would be relevant to me and interesting and I you know hope that there's something like that Um, because I think that would add to the story so much I'm so curious about that the politics is fascinating and like I said, I learned I've learned a lot so far, but I am I'm, I'm inherently I was a psych major undergrad. I don't know. I'm just inherently fascinated by psychology and um, and psychopathology and, mm-hmm. you know, what 
possibilities someone like Bo could have or even just getting a you can have a psychologist on and say this is this is not my professional assessment of Bo Bergdahl. I have never met him. I've never interviewed him. And you give all your disclaimers and then you say, based on what I've heard, right. someone in that particular situation likely um, exhibits this kind of, you know, psychopathology and this and that. And that would just be very interesting to hear. Yep. I would I agree. love to hear And I feel that. like we had a little bit of something like that in season one. Uh, I thought they were going to go I thought they were going to go into that when they started with the reintegration and then Sarah just introduced what the topic for the next episode is going to be which is how many people died and which is we what something that we've been waiting forever for but doesn't look like it's going to be a deep psychological analysis of people who are caged for five years straight yeah I I mean again just going back to it is just that (laughs) to me what was very funny about the ending of this episode was that it almost it almost seemed as if Sarah finally found her story at the end of this episode and that is like oh yeah let's let's go find out like how many how many people lost their lives as a result of you know Bo's little I I think it's I feel like it's a topic that's been teased since episode one and so it's it's very, um, what's the word? Like, I feel a little a little satiated that we might find out. Right. It's like, ooh, maybe we'll actually get an answer to something. Yeah. Like, um, I can, like, just to- I can swallow again. I can breathe a deep breath again and be like, right. oh, finally right. something concrete. You Except know? I think to go back to your lost analogy, it's like, I think let us not be duped. I think this will be a continuation <laughs> of what happened in season one where it is there is no answer. The right. the the totality of serial is not to come at the end of the series with yeah. an answer. It is only to lead you with more questions and to open yeah. more doors and topics for fanciful dinner conversations with fanciful intellectual people yeah. about, you know, <laughs> You know, uh, just about about like because the thing is, like, there's a lot of stuff that that or a lot of like question doors that get opened as a result of the season. Um, You know, I mean, especially especially in terms to me anyway, especially in terms of like, uh, you know, the need to have the need to have people who uh, or allowing allowing uh, men and women to enlist that probably shouldn't be enlisting like I think you know especially in Bo's case he already had he he you know he already had this like issue with the Coast Guard yeah I don't know I just still feel like I don't know cereal is the stuff of fancy dinner conversations um that, I think cereal you know, is also for it's not made for answers. There will you will get no answers in cereal. If you expect answers from cereal, you will be sorely, you know, sorely mistaken. I think you're kind of a glutton for punishment if you listen to it as well. I, th- I think I am. I mean, there there's no way we're gonna find. We don't even have a question, really. Let alone like, there's no answer. You know, there's a well. I mean, you finally right now. This this episode does give you a question. I mean, like a question that could maybe be answered. Maybe we'll find out next episode. But I mean, it's finally a question that could have a quantifiable answer. Um. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um. I I just hope there's more psychology. Yeah. I mean, because the, the other thing, the the other thing that I just remember during that section anyway, it was just, God, that's got to suck. Like, you're captured by the Taliban for years and years. And then to be told, yeah, you know, it's a, uh, it's a pretty big deal that you're being released. But uh, do not expect a ticker tape parade because people are pissed. <laughs> You know, like, it's just you like you might need 
a security guard. Right. Like, you might need a security team. So welcome back to America and society at large. Um, but fuck people, you. Yeah, but people hate you. Sorry. Um, God. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Can I you just imagine? Can... Just be like, oh, nobody likes me. Oh, dang. <laughs> Sorry. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. That's. This is just sad all around. It's super it's sad. sad. It's super, Ugh, super man. sad. Well, we'll stay tuned for the next episode. Um, this, I thought, overall was a lot of uh, a little regurgitation of some stuff we already knew with some additional nuances added on. Um, it was, it got, I listened to it and I was a little... <clears throat> Oh, you thought I was a I little frustrated? I, I did not think that about this episode. I thought that this was an episode where we finally, for me anyway, got new fresh information. I had no idea. I don't that think the, it was what, all old because um, I had no but. idea that the rose garden, cer- like the rose garden ceremony that happened that day, was just sort of like a, a kind of a fluke, like a fucked up fluke that happened that ended up like snowballing into the thing that you know, is the reason why people are mad at Bo today, you know? No, Layla, I'm not saying it was all old information, but I thought a lot of it was old. Yeah, oh, the Rose see, Garden I thought thing, a majority of it was the Rose Garden stuff. And then, I mean, I guess I could have postulated that whatever about his, like, reintegration. But I also didn't know that, um, you know, Bo's rescue was sort of, uh, done underhandedly without Congress knowing, like all of that. I, that I would say knew. to me, Layla, oh, I think we knew that. Did you? I, yeah. I was unaware of that. Like it uh, didn't. No, I think we. I think that's been. Um, no, no, I'm just and, saying. Like personally, that's not a thing that I. No, no, no. I'm saying thing from cereal. Like, from cereal, it's been discussed. Uh, yeah, maybe so. Yeah. I, I feel like this is like the first time I was sort of like, oh, shit. Yeah, I guess they did not really run that past Congress. No, we I, I think Sarah talked about it before. But you know what? I don't blame you for not being sure because this whole season is like, wait, 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 what? And then, uh, oh, OK. Yeah. yeah. No, uh-huh. I think that's true. I mean, it kind of uh, we kind of but go we had- here, there and everywhere. But she ha- she did allude to that before. That's why, you know, what this did for me was, like, really solidify it. Like, oh, yeah, okay. So it it was hidden, and it was kind of under the table. It's right. official now in my head. Yeah. But it was talked about before. I just don't know why it's – why it has – I, I don't know. I just have issues with the structure of it all, but we could talk no, about that I mean, another time. No, I think, well, no, I let's bring it up now. I think it's an interesting topic. Um, I mean, I think everyone will be making the comparison between season two and season one. We've been doing it all season long uh, for our podcast. And the truth is, aside from the fact that I think that um, audience-wise, uh it's kind of hard to, you know, kind of understand the military culture, which is something that gets brought up in this episode in the beginning that like Susan Rice kind of made this accidental flub because, you know, even people in Washington don't really understand the like the deep intricacies of what being in the military uh, sort of brings out in their, like their, the military culture at large. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I think, the thing that makes this season kind of tricky is that season one, there was a very um, almost chronological arc to how everything went down. I mean, even up to the point where we're following uh, Sarah and Dana in the car on a time by time plot of a, you know, of a, of a run. Right. And so here in this season, I feel like what's difficult is, I mean, yeah, I completely had forgotten about the Congress thing because you talk about Congress and then we skip and we talk about, you know, what Bo's childhood was like. And then, you know, now come over here and look at this, you know, Washington stuff. And then, like, don't forget that, you know, Bo also had a past in the Coast Guard and like, look now over here, we've got this other thing. And so... 
I do almost wonder would this if the season had been restructured to kind of start off at the beginning like who is Bo where did he come from and Mm -hmm. and then go kind of into the you know the deep-seated politics of of the war and what led to Bo's uh um you know need to walk off base or even would that Layla. would that have made it easier to like piece everything together yes. without being like I think it's blah, blah. a definitive answer yes you know think about season 1 the from what i recall the first episode gave you a sort of this is the entire story from beginning to end without all the details and then you start with episode two and it's like okay Heyman Lee was like this this was her favorite song etc etc and then they dated and blah 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 and it was just like yeah not all of it was in perfect chronological order but it was more like that with this episode we started with Bo being released you know and it's like released from what wait huh um maybe i should have known about this if i paid more attention right because maybe you knew about the story beforehand but maybe you didn't but Um, it's it it started Mm -hmm. out like it started out in the middle you know i'm gonna call the middle him being rescued and the after being all this shit that's happened yeah this season is very tarantino like that it's like oh yeah this is very pulp fiction yeah this is very pulp fiction. I just hope it pays off like pulp fiction. That's I mean, all. maybe it will. Maybe in maybe the end. Will. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I, I can't ever know what Sarah's thinking or Dana yeah. is thinking, except yeah. when she's I, thinking about um, crabs. Crabs. Yeah, totally. Which, so, honestly, yeah. I get, girl, love me some crabs. Mm, Listeners, if you want to send me some crab legs via the mail i will gladly give you she'll literally give you her address i can't i don't eat crabs i'm scared of the texture but i'm weird with food um yeah so i do not i guess i'm not very i shouldn't be so surprised that i'm like no no no, Layla. we've heard this before it's because of the way this is told that you're not even sure Right. And also, I mean, like, let's even think about it, even in terms of like how these episodes were released. Like there came and granted, this season has been sort of haphazard for us recording schedule wise just because of our personal stuff, um, trips and dentists and our own lives. Um, But yeah, I mean, there comes like I feel like. Just you talking about the first episode of the season is like, Jesus, how long ago was that? It feel literally oh it feels God. like a lifetime ago. It feels like eight years ago when Bo was captured. I don't even when did it even begin? I can't even begin to You know tell what? It. it feels like I think it like started forever. in December. I think it started in December. Yeah. But it feels like it feels like 18 Decembers ago. Wow. I, yeah, this has been a long time that Bo has been this much in my life. But you know what? Let's see what the next episode brings. And in the interim, if you guys want to tell us how you feel about um, the structure of Serial, why don't you hit us up? Yeah. Also, tweet Gmail. at us. Tweet at us and let us know um, in this episode uh, a weird thing uh, was that Sarah conducted an interview while she was in her car. Where do you think she was going? Tweet us where you think <laughs> Sarah was driving to. Was it the Piggly Wiggly? Where was she off to? <laughs> I have literally no no thought on that. I have I have, I have no, no idea, but I would like to hear what people in the uh, in our little fan space think. I think she was going to pick up her dry cleaning. Because she's still of the people and doesn't have assistants do that kind of stuff for her. Oh, I feel like yeah, she. That's was how probably... she knows to ask. That's how she knows to ask if that guy was still sleeping under was sleeping literally under his desk because she's still of the people and still has those same right. Human Maybe like Sarah's just have. also very kind, where she's like, "Hey, you guys, no one works past eight in my office. <laughs> Everyone, 
has a life outside of cereal. You know, hug your children. Hug your children. Like, don't forget that you also have a family outside of cereal. So nobody stays in this office past eight p.m. And if you do, bet- you get like a free, like a free day. I bet she brings donuts and bagels every Friday morning. Oh, she probably does. Yeah. Oh, she probably does. And I don't even think that she's having her assistant get it for her to bring for everyone. I yeah, I bet you that Sarah doesn't really have an assistant. I bet she does. But I don't think that she abuses her assistant. I love just making <laughs> shit up. <laughs> I just like love imagining what Sarah's life must be like. I know. I can't imagine her having an assistant. I feel like if she has an assistant, her assistant is also like her associate producer. Right. Where it's just like. Right. Right. She's not maybe. just like jotting down or she's not just like she would never do like laundry, but she's legitimately like doing research to help she's, Sarah she's, out. That assistant is legitimately trying to get the Taliban on the phone. Right. Right. She's you the know? one who's like, I dialed the Taliban. The phone is ringing. Yeah. And that's do you why, want to take yeah. the call now. Yeah, totally. Please um, hold so for Mrs. Guys, Sarah Koenig. <laughs> uh, you guys, email us if you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. We read all your emails. We're sorry that we can't respond to them all, but we love getting them. And you can email us at seriallyobsessedpod at gmail.com or you can tweet at us. We love your tweets. You can tweet at us yes. at serialobsesspod. And um, uh, yeah. We absolutely love to hear from you. So please tweet at us. Let us know what you think of the season, what you think of us. You know, right. tell us whatever you Just want. Tell I mean, us whatever you want. Tell us specifically about uh, the the chronology of this season. Like, how yeah, is, I'm like, I'm curious how is this working out for you. you guys? Like, putting the pieces together, all that stuff. And then also, where is Sarah going in her car? Because I, I feel like you guys are really great about tweeting little things like, the number thing was great for, um, uh, for uh, what was that? For trade secrets, which was a yeah. really hard episode, you guys. And a lot of you listened to it multiple times. I was so surprised. That was great. Yeah. And I you mean, didn't so- even have to, like, make a podcast about it. <laughs> you know? You, like, legitimately just listened to it that many times. Yeah. That's right. Fantastic. Yeah. So send right, us well, your until- tweets. Until next time, um, enjoy uh, Serial on Reddit, I guess, if people are still doing that. And um, we'll talk to you soon. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. We're gonna have a TV party, alright? Yeah!